Don't you hate inside jokes? Don't you hate inside jokes when somebody tells a joke and everybody around you starts laughing and you're like, what was so funny? And then you ask them and you're like, hey, what, what, what's so funny? And they go, oh, you wouldn't understand it. It's an inside joke. In other words, you either know or you don't know. You're either on the inside and so you get it or you're on the outside and you just won't get it. So whether or not you actually get the joke is a good indication of whether you're in or out. And then your response when you don't get the joke is a good indication of whether or not you actually want to be inside or outside. Does the joke make you want to come in and become part of the group so that you understand what's so funny? Or do you just write it off and go, oh, that's your stupid little joke. You know, why would I even care about that? So Jesus' parables, like the one that Jeannie just read for us, they're inside jokes. The parables are like inside jokes. They're not only meant to reveal truth to us, but they reveal the heart of those who hear the truth. You see, Jesus would tell a parable, and the response to that parable revealed who was in, who was in on the joke, and who was out. It also revealed who wanted to be in on the joke. Who desired to understand so that they could laugh and go, well, what was so funny? It's been estimated that almost one-third of all of Jesus' teachings are in parables. Now, some have mistakenly said, well, no, Jesus' parables, aren't they just like kind of cute, down-home sermon illustrations? You know, they're meant to make things clearer and more easily understood. But friends, if that's what they are, then they failed miserably. Because so often Jesus would tell a parable... And even those people who kind of got the joke were still like, hey, Jesus, what what did you mean by that? In fact, when Luke records this parable, this very same parable in his gospel, in Luke 8, 9, it reads, Jesus' disciples asked him what this parable meant. So if this was just some down-home sermon illustration meant to make things clearer, it totally did not work. No, rather... This isn't just a sermon illustration. This is an inside joke. Now, the word parable comes from Greek. Para means beside and bowl means to cast or throw. So they're kind of stories that Jesus tossed out there to test. They're stories that he tossed out there to test people's readiness and responsiveness to the truth. Did the hearer turn away and go, well, that's a dumb joke. Or did the person lean in and go, I don't quite understand what was so funny. Explain it to me. You know, what was the response to the parable? So parables did more than revealing truth. Parables revealed the heart of the hearer towards the truth. If the hearer didn't get the joke, did they turn away or did the hearer lean in? You know, another word for that leaning in might be inclining. In Proverbs 22, verse 17, it says, Incline your ear, hear the words of the wise, and apply your heart to my knowledge. Do you notice those three verbs, incline, hear, and apply? Because, friends, if you, if you hear something but you don't fully understand, what's your natural response? 
I mean, if you want to understand, you incline, you lean in towards the hearer so that you can better hear what they're saying. And then, as the proverb says, you apply your heart to understand. You work to figure it out. So notice that the call here is to active hearing and not just passive listening. To active hearing and not just passive listening. Because we all know that there is a huge difference between listening and hearing. And if you don't believe it, you can just ask my wife. Because I will be playing on my phone and Leah will start telling me a story only to stop suddenly and go, are you hearing me? And I'll usually go, yeah, I'm listening. And I'll repeat back to her word for word what she just told me. And she'll go, yeah, but you're not really hearing me. Yeah, I hear you chuckling because that's happened to you before, hasn't it? (laughs) Leah might have my ear, but she clearly doesn't really have my attention. I am not turned towards her. I have failed to incline myself to her. I have not leaned in so that I might truly hear and engage and understand what she is saying. Because, friends, we know that there is a huge difference between listening and hearing. And we live in a world that has taught us to listen a lot and hear very little. I mean, friends, we have actively trained ourselves to tune out all kinds of things as white noise, advertisements, commercials, telephone solicitations, other media. We listen to it, but are we really hearing it? No, we've trained ourselves to tune it out. I mean, the most apt illustration of this is if you ever watch people during the pre-flight demonstration on the airplane... I mean, these people are captive audience. They are forced to listen. But you know what? I watch them actively trying not to listen. They don't have to hear. You can listen and yet not hear. And the truth is, the truth is, friends, we listen a lot. But we hear very little. We listen a lot, but we hear very little. And God knows this about us. And that is why Jesus taught so often in parables, because parables reveal who is ready to lean in and really hear and who's just listening, but is hardened and tuning it all out as white noise. We listen a lot, but we hear little and parables reveal more than truth. They reveal the hearts of the hearers towards truth. Are they ready to hear? And that is why Matthew quotes the prophet Isaiah, or Jesus actually quotes for us the prophet Isaiah, and Matthew records in verses 13 and 14, this is why I speak to them in parables. Because seeing, they don't see. Hearing, they don't hear. Nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, you will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but you'll never perceive, because this people's heart has grown dull. And with their ears, they can barely hear. With their eyes, they've closed them, lest they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. Jesus says, listen, guys, it's just like the prophet Isaiah said it was going to be. I speak in parables to reveal hearts that are ready to hear, And also reveal that some hearts are just hardened to the truth, so it doesn't matter what I say. Both listen to the same truth. 
However, that truth exposes that some hearts are ready to hear and they lean in to understand the joke. And others are hard and unresponsive. Some just get the joke and they laugh with joy at the coming of the kingdom. And other hearts really want to get the joke, so they turn and they're healed, like Isaiah says. However, many listen and they just don't want to get it. I mean, did you hear the prophet Isaiah said, their eyes, they have closed. They've closed their eyes. They don't want to see. They don't want to hear. They don't want to lean in and understand. And the result, Jesus says in verse 12, is for to the one who has, more will be given and he'll have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. So, friends, if your heart is inclined towards Christ, you naturally receive more and more abundantly. You get the joke more and more often, and you laugh all the more heartily at the joke. But if your heart is hardened, if your heart is hardened to Christ, then even the little seed that has fallen on the hardened ground of your heart will just be snatched away. Church, that's actually the point. This is the point of the whole parable that Jesus tells in this chapter. The parable is about the soil of your heart. Now, if you have a a physical Bible with you today, you'll actually notice that right above Matthew chapter 13, there's most likely a heading that says something to the effect of the parable of the sower. And that's wrong. Not because the Bible is wrong, friends. The Bible is divinely inspired and without error in everything that it affirms. But the headings in your Bible are words inserted by the translators to help us. And in this case, they mislead us. Because the heading that says the parable of the sower is hindering our understanding. Because the parable is not about the sower. This parable is about the soils. You see, the variable is not the action of the sower. He does the same thing in all the cases. The variable is the response of the four soils of the heart in the parable. So you are welcome in your Bible to cross out that heading like I have done in my Bible and write the parable of the soils, because that's what this is about. This is a parable about the response of the soils. The question is, how do the four different soils respond to the seed? Do the listeners actually hear? Does the audience laugh? Do the people get the joke? Are the hearts receptive? Do the lives produce a harvest? So Jesus tells the parable in verses 3 through 9 and then explains it for us and for his disciples in 18 through 23. And in verse 19, Jesus tells us, well, what's the seed? The seed that the sower is sowing is the word of the kingdom. The word of the kingdom. So, friends, if that's what the seed is, then that means that the sower is Christ himself. He is the sower of the seed, the truth and the word of the kingdom. He has come and he is casting the truth left and right and everywhere. And, friends, the sower in the parable is actually not being irresponsible. You might go, look, he's just throwing the seed everywhere. What's he doing? Friends, the way that they farmed back then was not the way that we farm today. In fact, this was standard farming practice. They they didn't plant in straight rows. They didn't have agricultural machinery like we do. And as such, they would first scatter the seed, then they would plow the ground. And so only with time did the soil reveal what it was. And that's Jesus' point. Only with time will the soil of your heart Reveal what it is. Many will listen, 
Many will receive the seed, but few will hear it. Some are going to lean in, but others are going to turn away. So what will the time and the truth reveal about the quality of the soil of your heart? The same seed is scattered. The same joke is told. However, only some laugh and many don't even care to be let in on the joke. Friends, the difference is not in the seed. The difference is in the soil. And the parable gives us four, four types of soil, the hardened path, the rocky ground, the thorny patch, the good soil. First, the hardened path. Now, footpaths would separate the fields and they were the places where people commonly walked. So over time, what happens, just like any footpath, the ground gets packed down. It's hardened by constant travel, and the soil is just now too hard to receive the seed. Friends, we need to more than listen to the word. Our hearts must be ready to receive it. I mean, this is the very definition of in one ear, out the other. You know, there's no response to the joke. Why? Because the heart of the hearer is hardened. Friends, sin Sin at its very core is a hardness and unresponsiveness towards God. We are naturally unresponsive to God. We are hardened to his gospel and to his purposes. Our pride prevents us from being broken up and softened soil. Our fear holds us against change. And our bitterness prevents us from opening up and receiving the soil, the seed into the soil of our hearts. Hardened hearts may listen to the word, but never hear it. Hardened hearts may listen, but never hear. They're completely unresponsive. They don't laugh at the joke, and they sure don't care to be let in on the joke so that they too might understand what's so funny. And friends, friends, is that you? Is there pride, anger, Bitterness, fear, are there things that have hardened you against receiving and responding to the truth of Jesus Christ? Even if you've never before understood what's so funny and you've so far been resistant to understand why others laugh as they do, maybe today, friends, maybe today Jesus is doing something. Maybe today Jesus is softening the soil of your heart. And maybe today you are ready to come in and to be let in on the joke. Now understand that just as unfruitful as the soil of the hardened path are actually the soils, the next two soils. The stony soil that we see responds with excitement. I mean, at first it laughs heartily at the joke. However, it seems that they didn't fully get the joke. Maybe she's just laughing because everyone else is laughing. Or maybe her understanding of the punchline is just shallow. And so it can't stand up to the scrutiny and to the challenge. So just as quickly as the seed springs up in the rocky soil, without deep roots, those young plants can't stand the winds of testing and the weathering of life. And in the exact same way, the thorny soil that follows it, we see plants spring up quickly, persons responding to the truth, laughing heartily at the joke. However, soon their soil is littered with and distracted by other jokes. Jokes that seem funnier, and they seem wittier, and they seem more engaging, and they seem more relevant. The seed growth becomes really just one plant among so many others, and the plant is drowned out by a chorus of other plants. The distractions choke out the young plants, and they die. 
Friends, the stony soil succumbs to opposition. The thorny soil succumbs to seduction. The stony soil withers because it's opposed by the world. The thorny soil withers because it's seduced by the world. And in both cases, vibrant plants die. Now, friends, many people have debated. They've debated, is Jesus saying with these two soils that a person can lose his or her salvation? Do the rocky soil and the thorny soil represent those who were saved and then somehow fell away and lost their salvation? Church, let me tell you how much more painful this parable has become and this question has become to me over the years. I've been involved in some kind of ministry for almost 30 years. And the last 20 of it has been serving with you, my Chestnut Street Baptist Church family. And friends, in my almost 30 years of ministry, I have ministered to and with persons who seemed to get the joke. I have watched persons respond with excitement to the truth of Jesus Christ. I have watched many spring up and seemingly spring to life. I have served in ministry alongside those persons. I have gone on mission trips with them. I have played on worship teams with others. I have discipled and poured my life into others. Some of those I've even called pastor or youth leader. But church, for all the excitement that I have seen and all the apparent growth that I have witnessed and all the ministry we've done together and all the miles I walked with some and all the tears I shed with and for others, I have witnessed too many fall away. There was response and there seemed to be growth. But the soil was rocky and the faith shallow and opposition harsh and challenge great. And so the plants withered, their faith deconstructed and died. And I've seen others where there was a response and growth, but the soil was filled with weeds, distractions, greater love, more important approval. And the plants withered, their faith compromised and it just faded. And friends, the longer I do this, the more heartbreaking the message of this parable becomes. And church, this is why I pray for you. This is why I pray for you, because I know that some here will deconstruct and wither in the face of this world's opposition. And I know that others here are going to be choked out and give in to this world's seductions. So I pray for you. And I pray that you will not fall away. But friends, what do we do? What do I do with those who have fallen away, with those whom I have loved and into whom I have poured and alongside with whom I have served? Did these persons somehow fall away and lose their salvation or were they just never saved in the first place? Friends, this question is not the point of the parable. It's not the question that Jesus is seeking to answer by this teaching. Such questions ultimately must be answered not from one parable, but from the whole counsel of Scripture. I believe that here Jesus' words are purposefully left for us ambiguous. But what is absolutely clear in this parable, church, what is absolutely clear in this parable is the rocky and the thorny soil, whether he is or was ever truly saved. Whatever his current condition, certainly the condition is not celebrated by this parable. Jesus' point is clear. None of these first three soils, hard, rocky or thorny, are enviable 
or to be emulated. The condition of the first three soils is a clear warning to us, church. Don't become like them. Because church, notice that none of these first three soils was ultimately fruitful. None of these first three soils was fruitful. Because church, understand this. The purpose of the sower is fruitfulness. The purpose of the sower is fruitfulness. The sower doesn't sow seed for the purpose of germinating green leafy plants. The sower is sowing seed for the purpose of producing fruit. And in the first three soils, there may have been germination. There may have been a superficial response to the seed of the word. But do you notice that ultimately none of them ever achieves the purpose of sowing, which is fruit? Only the good soil, only the final soil, produces fruit. And Jesus says of the good soil in verse 23, For what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. Friends, the good soil doesn't just listen. The good soil hears. She doesn't just hear. She understands. The response is not just superficial or passive. She wants in on the joke. He leans in. She seeks to know. The word takes root. I mean, friends, this is what we prayed for this morning. When you sang that song, Speak, O Lord, we sang, Take your truth, plant it deep in us. Shape and fashion us in your likeness. Church, this is the work of Jesus the sower. Plant your truth deep in us. Grow us into your likeness. Make us fruitful for your kingdom. Friends, are you hearing not only the seed of God's word, but are you submitted to the work of the sower? Are you submitted to the work of the sower? Because we find we need not only the seed of God's word, we need the work of the sower in our lives. Jesus' parables exposed the spiritual hardness of his hearers and invited them to humble themselves before the maker of the seed so that he could break up the hard ground of the human heart. So that he might dig up the stones that keep us shallow and uproot the weeds of our distractions. That he might remove the rocks of our self-righteous religion. That he might pluck up the thorns of our good works. That he might prepare the soil of our hearts to receive the word. And that that seed might grow and that it might bear fruit. Church, the parable of the soils reveals that the message of the gospel is a gift. It is a gift that we must receive. The maker of the seed must make our hearts receptive to the seed. The maker of the seed, the sower of the seed, must take his word and plant it deep within. He must give us ears to hear. Jesus must let us in on the joke or friends, we're never going to get it. So we must submit ourselves not only to the seed of the word, but to the sower of the seed. Because we all come as hard and rocky and weed-filled people. And we are unable to receive the seed of his word if he doesn't first clear and soften the soil of our hearts. The parable of the soil alerts us to our need not only for the seed of the word, but for the maker of the soils. We need not only what is sown, we need the sower himself. We need not only what is grown, we need the one who makes all things grow. Fruitfulness, the response of the seed to God's word, always begins with submission to the sower. 
Friends, fruitfulness, response to the seed of God's word, begins with submission to the sower. And the parables, especially this one, make it clear that, friends, we need Jesus or we're never going to get it. We're never going to get the joke. Because that without both the seed and the sower of the seed, we will never become enduringly and abundantly fruitful people. So, friends, what is the state of the soil of your heart today? Because we're here, and Jesus, the sower of the seed, has come and says, Knock, knock, the kingdom of heaven is here. Do you want me to let you in on the joke? And friends, how will you answer?